0: Pickens! Pickens! Picking Pickens!
1: Root Rudolph to Pickens! Rudolph to Pickens! <laughs> there you go. I fixed it for you. The Steelers are. Hey, it's a Christmas miracle. It's a festivist miracle, folks. The Steelers break their three-game losing streak, beating the Cincinnati Bengals at Acrisure Stadium, thirty-four to eleven. They sweep the season series with the Cincinnati Bengals, and doing this is always the postgame show dave Schofield and brian davis dave what's up how's it going
0: it's going but um before we get too many people in here i i guess i have to be a man of my word brian and i i i i uh i i kind of signed up brian for something without him him doing it but uh jeff did you listen to last minute thoughts this morning all the way to the end
1: i no, i had it playing in the background as i was helping clean up we were rust, running all over the place today so i didn't get that i didn't listen to okay to because yet. this is what
0: i said Brian and I, we both picked the Steelers to lose. If the Steelers win this game, then everyone needs to tune in to the post-game show because Brian and I, we will bring you our own version of Christmas caroling. We must sing you a Christmas song. We are men of our <laughs> word. So we're going to do this. So to bust this out, we can't sing it at the same time because of the delay. So we got to go back and forth. Sorry, I can't bust into my harmonies. But Brian and I, instead, we're going to bring you one of the greatest Christmas songs of all time. You ready for this, bad? Yes, I am. No, I did not sign up for it, but I
2: trust Dave. So one of the things that I have no problem doing is singing on the show. So anything Dave Schofield going to ask of me, I'm probably going to do.
0: All right. So here we go. It's Christmas time. Oh, God! There's no need to be afraid. At Christmas time, we let in light and we banish shade.
2: And in our world of plenty we can spread a smile of joy throw your arms around the world at christmas time
0: but say a prayer pray for the other ones at christmas time it's hard but when you're having fun there's
2: a world outside your window Uh. it's a world of dread and fear where the only water flowing
0: is the bitter sting of tears and the christmas bells that ring there are the clanging chimes of doom well tonight thank god it's them instead of you how'd you get
2: the bono part and there won't be snow in africa this christmas time The greatest gift they'll get this year is
0: life where nothing ever grows, (laughs) no rain nor rivers flow. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? And we are men of our word. We are ready for Christmas because the Steelers gave us a phenomenal gift today. Let's go.
1: I wish you would have said something before you went and broke into song. I would have said like, Hey, if we can get 10 bucks real quick, they won't sing the song. I bet we would have gotten the money real fast, like <laughs> really was, fast.
2: We scared <laughs> Jeff's mom.
1: Yeah, I know. She's probably mad that I didn't sing, but that's fine. So here's the thing. Let's, instead of doing knee jerk reaction to the game, let's do the, let, let's address the elephant in the room right now. It is the question that we're going to get asked 50,000 times. In this post game press and post game podcast, who starts next week? If if Kenny is healthy, who starts next week?
0: Dave, what do you say? I think, well, we had our nice little um, Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer. I think it's time for Rudolph's shiny New Year's Eve. Well, okay. Unless Kenny is back in one that you don't have to rush Kenny now. You have the luxury that you could say, Hey, you know, Ken, you could even say, Kenny's back enough that we're going to have him as the backup. We'll have Mitch be the number three. And then that way he's there if you need him. But I don't know that they will, but they can. And that's a really great place to be. Brian, do you agree or disagree?
2: I actually go with Kenny Pickett. So I'm going to disagree. I think you go back to the guy that is 10 and four oh. as a starter. And that's what you do, but that also sets up a really bad situation. This is a real, you need to have a backup quarterback to be able to come in in these situations, but this is not a quarterback controversy whatsoever. I'm going
1: to dive into this way more on Mondays. Let's ride. Yes. I'm going to do a podcast for Monday, but still, it's it's going to be essentially talking about how all these Steeler fans have said like this off they need a prove they need a veteran that can compete with, with Kenny and, you know, is capable and all this stuff. Maybe that guy's already on the roster. I mean, when you think about it, Mason Rudolph, has he ever really been given a, a good chance outside of 2019? Dave, would you say that he's been given a fair shot after 2019, which by the way, post-concussion Mason was never the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I said that in the preview that after the Earl Thomas, that was just different. Yeah. Has he ever been giving a chance since 2019? Yes. I'm going to say no. But Mason Rudolph is at a different point of his, his career in 2023 versus 2019. You're like, well, it's only four years. That's He was a young guy in, in 2019. Think about that. That was, what, his second season he was drafted in
1: 2018?
0: Yep. Still... So, it's you come in here's your chance you don't you know you're wanting to build your resume as an nfl quarterback you don't want to want to blow it you want to take care of the ball you might not want to you might think twice before taking the big chance this is 4 years later and the guy couldn't get a contract in the offseason anywhere so he comes back to be the number 3 in pittsburgh and he gets a shot and he goes for it, just like we talked about in the preview. Just go for it. This might be his last opportunity. Go for it, and he did. He seemed like a more confident player, one that needs to needs to trust himself that he deserves to be an NFL quarterback, not one that's trying to show that he can get there like it was four years ago. So, it's a, to me, I don't think that he had, you know. Because a lot of people are like, Mason is who he is. We've already seen who he is. So many people, even still this week, are we already knows what he is from a while ago. Even Ramon Foster said that. We already know who Mason Rudolph is. You, you, you know what you're going to get. No, you didn't. Not this time. Yes, he had that game that Bad was in the stadium for when it was a tie. He found out the night before he was starting that game. He prepped this week. And the last time Mason Rudolph had a week of prep, he should have taken down The Cleveland Browns in week 17 with the Steelers playing nobody. No What They didn't even make the trip. And and that's the last time he actually had played a game that he prepped for. And he played well in that game too. So I think Mason Rudolph didn't really get the shot to – he should have at least been given the shot to show he was number two. And uh, I think he proved that by a mile today. I
2: agree with that. Brian, anything to say? Yeah, I, I really need to say this. Look, we have seen this time and time again, and I'm going to go back to earlier in the season when everybody is talking about how the Pittsburgh Steelers made a mistake by not keeping Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs had his little run and came in, and then true colors come shining through. I hope that doesn't happen with Mitch. Uh, Excuse me, Mason. I am sure Mason is going to, if he does start next week, I'm going to be 100% behind him. I'm behind the pilot, whoever is flying my plane. And I'm hoping that the best possible choice to win for the Pittsburgh Steelers is there next week. However, we see this with backup quarterbacks coming in where you don't have tape on them, when you don't see a lot about these guys, where they thrive the first week and maybe beginning of the second week, and then they fall back down to earth. So I don't know the right answer, but I'm telling you what I think they're going to do. I think if Pickett Pickett is 100% healthy, that he's coming back in. I, I think
1: that's what will happen. I guess the question was, do we want that to happen? So it's going to be something we're going to talk about all week. We'll we'll be talking about this all week as the Steelers have one extra day to prep.
0: Dave, you want to say something? Well, and also remember, you're like, well, he comes in in his first game, then they get tape on him. Maybe this is the first time that Jake Browning didn't look look good in his after his second, third, and fourth starts. He not so well the first start, then good for three, then not so much once again against the Steelers. So yes, there's precedence one way, but. For every example of one, you can try to find one on the other end. Who knows? This is this is going to be a very fun topic this week. Absolutely. Let's get to it. I just got love some. being able to discuss it because
1: I, rather than be like, oh, man, what are the Steelers going to do? I'm just glad the Steelers won a freaking game. Like, let's just. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Super Chats piling up, so let's get to these. Evgeny Crosby gives us $2. He's playing inside linebacker for the Steelers, RIP. Oh, yes, Atlanta Roberts God. goes down. It's a pectoral injury, folks. Here's what you need to know. Whether it's torn uh, or not, it doesn't matter. Think about TJ Watt last year; it took like eight weeks for him to get back, and that was a not a, a complete tear. Still, it was a partial tear. He's done. He's done for the regular season. So now, now Miles Jack is going to be taking up a 53-man roster spot as the Landon Roberts probably goes on injured reserve. It's dire straits, and, and I, I-, I agree with Mike Tomlin. He said after the game, "We're snake bit. We're snake bitten at the position." I totally agree.
0: Yeah. And, and and I still can't believe the, that that uh, Blake Martinez. I thought he played well the one game that he he was out there. He was um, inactive, wasn't he? He'd been inactive the last two weeks because they need somebody to play special teams because so many of these guys they've had to bring up don't like Miles Jack, yeah. like um, um, Ma- yeah. Michael or Mikal Walker, however you say it, Michael, uh, yeah. and, and and as long as along with Martinez, so they need some other special teams guys. But he might be a guy that I was surprised they hadn't been utilizing him. So Yeah, very interesting. So we'll see how that plays out. Ryan
1: O'Toole gives us $10. He said, Christmas miracle from Rudolph and Santa gave Mike Tomlin challenge wins. He got two right in this game. I cannot believe it. Merry Christmas to miracle. you. That's right. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you guys, Tony and the blokes. uh Missing those three. Yeah. Yeah. Good to good. They're, they're still doing their thing out there. Go find them. You'll find them. Tom plays games. Tom Muir gives us eight dollars, a dollar per win. Rudolph saves Christmas. Who cares if Pickens blocks? Here we go. <laughs> we will talk about George Pickens a lot in this uh breakdown for sure. Sean Manning gives us two dollars. Uh, Dave Sco better at kicking or singing. Uh, I would say he's a better singer than kicker, but he <laughs> might disagree. So, d- Dave, do you agree no. with my assessment?
0: Um. Maybe 15 years ago, and it might have been a toss-up.
1: No, <laughs> probably not. Tyler W. Five dollars. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Can we make every Sunday be Christmas Eve for Pickens? Couldn't be this year, but it was fun to watch. It's good to see some big plays being made. Uh, let's go with the Stillers Reaper. 499 Stadium was rocking most of the game. A lot of energy. Good game all around. Glad we got to see the win. Merry Christmas all. That's awesome. What a fun game to go to. Uh, yeah. it's always good to see a win. It's better than Dave's Arizona fiasco and Brian's <laughs> Thursday night fiasco. So we got to stay home now <laughs> or Brian's Las Vegas Raiders fiasco. That was no. a real fiasco. <laughs> At least they won. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's true. So
2: That means I shouldn't be in the stadium. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Let's go. Drake Wally. He's, he actually covers the Colts for fans for sports network. 999. He says, man, hell of a performance. Is this picking statement game? The guy looked incredible. He's looked incredible before. And I had people texting me like, oh, is, is Pickens, you know, is he back? Is he over the proverbial hump? Is he, you know, I said, this is not the test. The test is not when he's putting up 100, almost 190 yards in the first half and two touchdowns. The test is when things are not going his way.
0: The when test is like, when he gets the move treatment.
1: Right. He doesn't even get a target. <laughs> like that's the test. Like the test is then he didn't pass any test today. He had an unbelievable game. He got to tell everyone that he's not listening to everything, blah, blah, blah. And he, I, I told Dave this before we went live. I cannot believe they put him in front of the media, but he did a press conference after the game. Like, I was actually shocked, but he answered. He faced the music. He faced the music for yep. sure. All right, and Smith gives us four ninety nine. I think we need to accept the fact that just because Pickett is a first-round quarterback doesn't mean we can, can't move on from him early. He reminds me of Zach Wilson. It's not a good comp. Not a good comp at all. Kyle Smith gives us $10. He's, I love this for Mason, but how fickle is this fan base? Very fickle. So many people are writing off KP for Mason. Meanwhile, they all wrote off Mason years ago and didn't learn that lesson, but Merry Christmas y'all. Yeah. I mean, there's hey, good, there's two sides of that.
0: If you're here now, if you listen to what I said at the beginning, after the singing, that, <laughs> that the whole Mason Rudolph, he's a, he's in a different stage of his career where he can just go get it. Honestly, I would – that's what Kenny Pickett needs, in my opinion, as well. He needs to get past that, well, don't – you know, this – when you're not just worried about the trajectory going up. If they were both in the same place, I think you'd get similar stuff. But, man, Mason Rudolph, he does throw a nice deep ball. Did he, yeah, he drop does. that one into Pickens for that second touchdown? Like crazy. That was a crazy good throw.
1: There was still some rust he missed. The one with DJ and yeah. uh, unfortunately got hit on the deep throw to Calvin Austin the third and wasn't able to get it out there enough, but he – Calvin Austin would have been untouched. They, they could have scored over, over 45 points. Yeah. All right, let's go to uh razor. Shade Slayer gives us a No, Brian, I can't do another 16 for 29 for 167 yards. I'm assuming he's talking about Kenny Pickett's stat line. Yes. Nathan Bowley gives us $2 that unless Kenny is a, unless Kenny is hundred percent, you ride with the hot hand. I think that's probably going to be the sentiment amongst the fan base heading into this week. Ann Smith again, four ninety nine. There's going to be a lot of coaches, front office guys, and players that will lose before we realize Pickett just ain't the guy. But yeah. And it's true. You're not alone. And, and there's a lot of people that are saying the same exact thing. Andre Coleman gives us $5. I owe Mason Rudolph an apology, even though I didn't say anything bad about him. I love it. Thank you for the tip. <laughs> we appreciate it. That's a good one. Drake Wally again, $4.99. Says, Rudolph look good and composed? very efficient in that offense tonight not sure how it goes from here but rudolph should be happy as hell when you listen to the post-game press conference on the field with katherine tappan gotta love katherine Tappen. but anyways um he was so grateful like when she was talking to him he said i just am so like he probably never thought he was going to get this opportunity again and for him to get the opportunity and to cash in on it to do the anti Ms. trubisky it's pretty special
0: Evgeny he he gives, will have a contract from somewhere, if not Pittsburgh in the offseason. I would imagine. Hopefully Pittsburgh. I would imagine. I think it's Pittsburgh.
1: Evgeny Crosby, $2. Can't stress enough how much Ms. Trubisky sucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not
1: good. And Smith again. Man, thank you so much for all the tips. He gives $9.99. He said, Mason, po- Mason's pocket presence and pocket awareness was A-plus tonight. First time on third down, I had confidence all season. Mason has to finish the rest of the season as a starter and pick at the QB two right? like I said, we'll be debating this for a long time. Justin Gall, 999. What a refreshing victory. Vindication for many like Rudolph Pickens, Tomlin. But I'm going to miss Mason Cole. and I'm not going to miss. I think he should say I'm not going to miss Mason Cole and Presley Harvard next year because I don't think either of them did, did very well. But that was, that was a rough go of it for both of those guys. Cody Combs gives us 499. Says there was never a competition. Steelers botched the quarterback decision and paid for it the last two years. Go Steelers. Uh Dave MK gives us 499. I right, I got anything. it. All right, go for yep, it.
0: Yep, got the next one from him.
1: Mason Rudolph is the best quarterback we have, stats wise, by far, based on the entire body of work. Yeah, those what was that? The best game, the best quarterback game in steel for the Steelers since 2020 or something like that. Some, it's something like know. depends on what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Andrew Paladino, 999. Rudolph needs to be the guy the rest of the way. It shouldn't even be a discussion. It's not only justice for him but justice for the team. They deserve it as much as Rudolph does. A lot of guys that were really rallying around him after the game, Mason Rudolph. Like, you know, this guy's been through a lot. Kudos to him. So, yeah. All right, and then uh, last one here. Master P (laughs) gives us $1.99, Mitch Turd-Biskey. Thank you very much (laughs) for the tip. We appreciate it. (laughs) All right, let's break this down. Hey, let's do this a little different. We went off the rails a little bit last week, and I think it was okay. We didn't break down the box score verbatim like we do oftentimes let's talk about the quarterback play you know we'll read mason Rudolph's stat line because i think it's worth reading he is 17 of 27 for 290 yards a 10.7 yard average two touchdowns no picks he was sacked one time for six yards 124 rating and quarterback hits cincinnati only had three kudos to the offensive line i thought they had a great game uh dave um, what was they were they ran the ball well I thought they, yes. they no, three... I thought
0: they did much better run blocking than pass blocking. I felt there were times where where Rudolph had some pressure on him quicker than he should have, if that makes any sense. So I would say that their run blocking was well, – they, they did well, uh, but it was better than their pass blocking. Uh, Brian, what's your talk? We'll, we'll just do offensive line no, right sorry. now. Sorry, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> we'll just
1: do offensive line. Brian, what's your take?
2: Solid. And that's the I mean, sure, you're not going to get a perfect performance, but you have when you score 34 points and the defense does not contribute by getting into the end zone or a safety or anything like that. And the 34 points is on the offense. You've got to feel pretty good about that.
1: I just thought it was fantastic that the offense was able to convert. You know, he talked about third Um, downs. They didn't have a three and out. I don't think until the second half, didn't they? Yeah,
0: that's I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. I think they just had the was it just the one? Well, technically the one where they got the ball and Jalen Warren fell down and Rudolph, yeah, managed to get it out of the end yes. zone, which was a nice play by him there. Uh, I'd one more thing about the offensive line. I will say, leaps and bounds, night and day, better than than last week. Last week was a, was probably the low form for the season, and this yeah. was was just infinitely better.
1: I agree. Let's, uh, is there anything you want to, Brian, we'll start with you. Is there anything about Mason Rudolph that we haven't talked about
2: yet that you want to bring up? No, I, everybody's talking about poise. Yeah, he had it. I, I loved him in this game. I loved what he can do. I was very proud to be, uh, supporting Mason Rudolph tonight. And I was thinking the entire time is Jeff wearing his Mason Rudolph Jersey that I bought him years (laughs) ago that I don't think he's ever put on actually. But, um, yeah I' still have of, it I still have it <laughs> yeah I it might have to come out I, I really might have to come out but yeah I, I thought Mason Rudolph we talked about this on the preview the other day he does throw a very nice deep ball and we saw it today and if that's what you can get out of him, then and if they go with him next week you're gonna hope to see the same thing I hope it's sustainable is all I'm saying
1: yeah no I know but I think the with the short remainder of games. I think the, the common thread has been like, do you ride the hot hand? And it's like Dave said, they don't have to rush Kenny Pickett back. The dude had surgery on his ankle. Have you ever know? Have you, have you seen what the, what the, that is that tightrope surgery? What they do? They actually go in and like screw through the bone and like tie it together so it heals faster. Like it's insane. Yeah. That's that, that, that that's going to need time to heal up. Most people say six weeks, but it's anywhere between four and six. So maybe the Steelers are saying, hey, well, we can go with, Mason, another week, and see. I don't know. I don't know. but it Mason... has
2: done it in 26 days before. Yes. And this would be actually a little bit longer. This would be 28 days.
1: I'm going to say something about Mason Rudolph that if people haven't checked this out on our YouTube channel, it's also I've written articles about him for steelcurtnetwork.com. Our own coach, KT Smith, has been doing these breakdowns. And the most recent one was how the Steelers can beat the Bengals with Mason Rudolph. It's only it's less than 10 minutes long, but it's really interesting stuff. If you're not an X's and O's person, you can learn a lot. Even if you are an X's and O's person, you can learn a lot. And so you can go to our YouTube channel, just search Steel Curtain Network, and you'll find it. One of the things that he talked about in that breakdown was how Mason Rudolph is willing to stand in the pocket. He's not going to escape the pocket. He's not a runner. He's not like Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett that have some mobility that they want to tuck the ball or spin out of contact or out of pressure and just run. He, he's not that guy. Some of these big throws that he made, he just stepped up in the pocket and he was getting ready to take a shot and he delivered the pass. So it, like you said, Brian, it worked this week. It worked this week. I, I know that everyone wants to look at, look down the road. I just want to enjoy this week. And I want to say what a great story this is for Mason Rudolph. I guarantee you, he never thought he'd have this opportunity again. And for him to do this, uh, even if this was the only game, it might have got him another contract somewhere in the NFL, which is pretty awesome, which is pretty awesome. There, Dave.
0: Well, before, whoop, I, I actually clicked on that. We'll come back to it because uh, okay. I was trying to bring this up for you, although it's not Super Chat. This is what we needed this week for the preview. We need the Rudolph <laughs> jersey and the pick into it. <laughs> I have them both. <laughs> I one. have them both. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, sorry, we'll get that other Super Chat. For, sorry I clicked the wrong one. We'll, we'll bring it back up later. That run for the, for the first down. Yeah, tough. That is something, I mean, I saw someone bring it up in the live chat. That was in 2019. Does he run for it like that or does he slide? Rather than dive for it to make sure he gets it. I don't know that he does, but he was out there. And you could just tell that it felt like the, the team believed in him. And that has to mean a lot as well. Yeah, for sure. Let's get to some of the super
1: chats since you brought one up. Let's go to Michael uh Richter. He gave us nine ninety-nine. It's the best team effort I've seen from the Steelers in a long time. Haven't had this much fun watching a game in a long time. Amen to that. Like I was able to sit down on the couch with my kids and we're watching the game and they're able to cheer. And it wasn't like last week where it's 13 points and then nothing for the rest of the game. Like it was exciting. And I was telling my wife because she was asking me about this this is earlier in the day. I said, When I was a kid, the Steelers weren't always great, but they were always kind of entertaining. Like Cordell Stewart was, wasn't always great, but, he, man, was that guy fun to watch. I mean, every time he touched the ball, he was, he was a risk to go. It was good. It was fun. Deion Johnson gives us $5. He can't blame all the shortcomings on hirings. AR2 continues to restrict budget and staff numbers. Give him some money, coaches. Um, Munchak, not Meyer, and a good offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think that's pretty yeah. much standard operation. Okay, let's talk
0: about the pass catchers here
1: quickly. What's
0: up, Dave? I thought I saw another one pop up. They're
1: okay. Right. Uh, let's talk about the pass catchers. The Steelers throw for 290 yards. George Pickens leads the way with 195 of those. That's right. On 195 four catches in six targets. He <laughs> averaged 48.8 wow. yards per catch. He had two touchdowns. The next receiver was Allen Robinson, four catches on four targets for 36 yards. Jalen Warren, five for 30 on six targets. Deontay Johnson was targeted five times, had two catches for 15 yards darnell washington mount washington he had one for eight miles boykin one for six guys this was the george pickens show was it not brian
2: we'll go with you it really was and i've got to say as soon as pickens hauled that in and was off to the races i am not one to i'm the guy that always talks about zeros on the clock but in my head i'm like the mojo's here I I could feel it already. I was cautiously optimistic, but I knew that something worked this week. And then you see him on the sidelines and you see him do the uh the sh- wait, the shush and then the uh close your ears or something like that or yeah. uh like something to his mouth and um so basically saying, "Hey, I'm not listening to all the noise. I'm going to go out and play." That's something that I really think that uh, he got a message, and we're never going to know because they do not air their inner workings of this machine. Just like Mike Tomlin would not say that Mason Rudolph's getting a game ball, he goes, We're going to leave that between us. So, all I'm saying is this is between us, but there, I'm sure there was some terse conversations, and there was pulling George Pickens back into the mix now dave put something on dave put something out on slack right after the game started and his what he put on it is i disagreed with him but this isn't a debate he thought that well hey the defense is coming out could this possibly be cam hayward's next game i go back last Thursday last game and i go back to Thursday and when we said that you almost need to protect Pickens a little bit and protect the offense by not introducing them, even though it's their turn. And I think that had a lot to do. I'm glad he didn't come out of the tunnel because
0: we would have booed him like crazy. So I don't think they would have done it. I think that would have been part of his punishment was no announcing.
2: Yeah. But that's also not just that's protecting a fragile ego is what it is. So all I'm saying here is I, I think if he comes out of the tunnel and we're screaming and yelling and jeering him i don't know if we see that effort out of him so I, i'm really glad to see what happened and i'm just gonna quote frank sinatra here you're shot you're uh shot down in april back on top in in june is that right and uh, shot down and wait wait <laughs>
0: Shot down in May, shot a... down in
2: April. Back on top in May. <laughs> you
0: going single this podcast too.
2: <laughs> okay, I already did. I'm going to change my tune, and I'll be back on top in the month of June. That's it. There it is.
1: I'll be riding high in April. Shot down in May is the is the lyric you were looking for. Okay,
2: but I'm not going to change my tune. All
1: right, I'm going to change. <laughs> That's my okay. Tune, so I, I'm sorry. a big hey. I'm a big Frank Sinatra guy. Oh, I sorry. love
2: Blue yeah. Eyes. Yeah. Yes.
1: Anyways, uh, good stuff. Uh, Dave, any thoughts on the one-man show that was Mr. Festive Mouthpiece, George
0: Pickens? Oh,
2: I love that, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was interesting because of I got frustrated as the week went on. I even put a tweet out. I even pushed back with someone in a comment on, at steelcurtnetwork.com about everything going on with everyone. Even the media that's in the locker room doesn't know what really happens at the locker room, meaning the meetings and everything that goes on with this team. But yet people that only see 5% of what's going on have 100% of the answers on how to fix it. And that was driving me nuts this week because everyone said he has, George Pickens has to be benched. He has to do this. he has to. I mean, we discussed it on our show. We didn't say what they had to do, but they said what they could do. But just because we don't see what happens doesn't mean that there weren't consequences to what happened with George Pickens last week. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. And so many people were saying, what we're saying about that, and I'm just like, something did. We just don't know what it is, and and, and that's. And I'm fine with that. But I, I actually brought up a story of of a player that I had when I was coaching high high school football. The kid was a really good athlete, but he had a lot of, of of problems with his home life. He was he was technically when it came to his education, he was technically um, a, a, a special needs student, things like that we never knew if he was going to be a loose cannon and what he would say or do on the field. He did some really good, a lot of really good things. And when the ball wasn't coming to him, you were never really sure what you were going to get out of him, but he was such a special case. I could not treat him like I treated all the rest of the players because he was that different of a person. And sometimes just look at George Pickens. He is even as a wide receiver, that I call the wide receivers or, 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 or a diva, he's still not even your typical wide receiver. He's just a different person. And because he's a different person, you, as Mike Tomlin has said so many times, I don't treat everybody the same, but I treat everybody fairly. And that's what you have to do with George Pickens some of the time. You can't treat him and punish him the same way that you would treat and punish somebody else. So bottom line is, is he responded – I think he had confidence in the guy throwing the ball and it worked out really well. George Pickens.
1: Everyone's like saying, Oh, this is like a breakout game. It's like I said, I I don't know if it was on the air before we went live. I said, this is not the test for George Pickens. The the test is when he doesn't have the receptions. It's when the quarterback's not going his way, when he feels that he's open and maybe it's a bad ball. That's the test. Anyone can, clap, they pat themselves on the back and pump their fists and say, yeah, look at me, look at me. This is so great. I'd had a great game, and he did have a great game. He had a phenomenal game. But at the same time, this is not a test. Like This is not a test. So we'll see how he responds. I want to see him block. Like he, he even said in his post-game press conversation, well, you know, I've, I've got a lot of tape of blocking. With tape on blocking? All I know is the tape from last week. And then I watched mm-hmm. Jalen Warren go out and show you what blocking really looks like when he was blocking for Calvin in the third as he sauntered into the end zone. So to me, this is all with, with pickings. It's all just playing the result right now. Like it's just playing the result. Let's talk about the running game quickly before we go over to the defensive side of the ball, the running game, the Steelers running game. If I can find the tab, got it. Okay. They ran for 113 yards, 3.8, average 30 carries a long of 13. And they had two touchdowns, Najee Harris. And I mentioned Calvin Austin, the third, Najee Harris led the way with 19 carries for 78 yards, a 4.1 yard average. Jalen Warren had eight for 24, and then Calvin Austin one for seven, and Mason Brewer off two for four. Um, they didn't do it in chunks. The longest run was Najee Harris for 13. So, uh, Dave, what's your thoughts on the
0: running game? The running game, this, the numbers, especially when you look at it at, at, at YPC yards per carry, doesn't look all that impressive. How many times have we seen the Steelers running numbers? Not look too bad, but really it was that they couldn't run the ball when they needed to. This was a theme last year. Oh, well, the Steelers couldn't run early. Then at the end of the game, when it didn't really matter much, they were able to rip off some runs to where the numbers didn't look so bad. In this game, in the first half, when the Steelers built a 24 to nothing lead, the Steelers ran for 70 yards on 13 carries with a 5.4-yard average. That really sums up the running game. In the second half, the Steelers were running the ball when everybody knew they were running the ball because it made sense to keep the clock moving. And guess what? It was the right call, and it worked. But when you really want to talk about how efficient and how well they ran the ball, I mean, Najee had 47 yards on eight carries in the first half with touchdown. So to me, focusing on when, when the game really mattered How they ran the ball, they ran it extremely well. Were they able to to run it great to finish off the game? No, but they ran it well enough to finish off the game to finish off the game.
2: Brian, thoughts on the running game? It was so complimentary to the entire game plan, and it's so important. And I know we don't look at this as a stat when we're just talking about the running game, but when you look at the running backs and you see how valuable they are, Especially Jalen Warren catching the ball out of the backfield. I knew right away that this was going to be a good day running the football too, even though it wasn't gaudy numbers. If you go back to the preview the other day, the over under that we had was 120, and I took the under and it was 113. And that's probably the only one that I got right. But all I'm going to say is you could win running the football that way when you're doing it at the right time and when you're playing all three phases of the game and as a running back both three phases of the game as a running back that's blocking and we saw an amazing block by Jalen Warren we catching the ball out of the backfield and rushing the football well I just said a couple minutes ago I knew that this, that they were going to be okay running. When I saw Najee Harris's first carry that looked like a three-yarder that ended up being six because he was moving the pile again, he was absolutely energized. Something happened in that locker room. I don't know whether it was players only. I don't know what it was, but there was a lot of talk over the last seven days from Saturday to Saturday, and everybody was fired up. And that running game is a soul heart and soul of this offense right now. No matter, I mean, George Pickens can have an amazing game, and he's important, but that running game helped set that entire thing up.
1: I got to put this on the screen. We have a Bengals fan in the house. Uh, Sin G fan flyer says blind squirrels, find nuts to laughing, crying emoji, and then Poopsburg, but uses a different word. Well, uh, technically the, guess what? The, two and the, oh, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's two nuts. nuts. No, it's yeah. not to do nuts. Mm-hmm. The, the analogy you're looking for is that a broken clock is right twice a day because really we beat y'all twice this year. Twice. <laughs> so there you go. You just had it wrong. It's not blind squirrel finds a nut. It's that a broken mm-hmm. clock is right twice a day.
2: And the sun shines on a dog's butt every once in a while. That's too. true.
1: Steelers playing well in division. All right. Thomas Edes gave us $2. His love, the deep passes. I, I, I just like him taking shots, taking shots. All right. We're going to take a quick break when we come back after this break, which, by the way, if you're watching live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, we're not going anywhere. When we come back, we'll talk about the defense, and we'll wrap things up. So we'll be right back after this break. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back. We've got some live chats coming in, super chats coming in that are pretty funny. We'll get to those in a mm-hmm. second, but we're here to talk about the defense. Actually, let's do this right can, now because I know. I will say,
0: Can I say one more thing about George Pickens before we move on? Uh, yeah, sure. I want to thank George Pickens because now I hit on both of my bets with him at, before the season started. Where I took the over of seven hundred and fifty point five yards, yeah, he went over a thousand for the season yeah. now, and I took the over um, in in touchdowns of four point five for the season, which he went over today. So thank you very much.
1: Hey, well, I'll tell you what: if people are if people are taking credit for stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug something that I really only co-host, but I'm gonna plug it right now, and it's it's a new podcast that we have at Fans for Sports Network <laughs> called Pez's Picks. Pez, you might have heard him on Kevin Smith's The Call Sheet early in the season. He was doing so well with his NFL picks, we decided, hey, let's let's get him his own podcast. So I co-host this with the man, the myth, the legend, Pez, every single week. New episodes run every Thursday. And this dude has been out of this world with his picks. I mean, this week alone, he did two bowls, got them both right. He's already gotten the uh, Thursday night football game right. The dude's NFL record right now is 33-25-2. and two. Go look at some of the national guys. They're not even close to those numbers. So all you got to do is search Pez's picks wherever you get your podcast. Find it. Listen. It's once a week. And if you're a gambler, Dave made some money on the Air Force game.
0: I was going to say, I usually, when I bet, I bet a dollar. But Pez had me so convinced, I put 10 bucks on Air Force with the yeah. stuff that Pez said. He won it for me. I didn't, and, and it was plus $100. So it was, it, it was a $20 payout. There you go. There you go, Pez. He's a
1: man. Pez's picks. Check it out. Let's get this super chat here. Uh, Marky D, Steeler Nation Australia gives us ten dingo dollars. He says, "Suck sucked in Bengals, you losers." Happy birthday! He was supposed to, about to b- say, "Suck it, Bengal." Oh, that's that would be much better yeah. than sucked in. But nonetheless, happy birthday to this Aussie bloke. Look out the nearest pub. Marky D is drinking sherbet's wee day. Happy birthday, <laughs> I guess, Mark. Yeah. yeah,
2: Marky D. He is a Christmas Eve baby. Be safe. Because out there, it's already man. Christmas Eve in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guarantee uh, he's drinking the Sherbys. Mm.
1: <laughs> so funny. The Bengals fan left, I think, by the
2: way. Anyways, nonetheless, <laughs> let's
1: talk about the defense. The Steelers defense. Boy, what a what a weird game where they, they gave a lot of the game. Again, again Ben don't break. They gave up a lot of yardage, but early on they weren't surrendering field goals. They were taking the ball away. You know, Dave on his stat geek podcast, who always looks at where teams rank and things like that, the Bengals had not been turning the ball over. Five and for
0: first in the NFL.
1: They gave it away three times, and on top of that, there were two key turnover on downs, which I know those don't technically count as turnovers. I do count those as turnovers I do too. because that, that is mm-hmm. your defense is standing tall and getting the offense the ball back. So let's first start talking about this makeshift defense. I mean, you had Patrick Peterson at safety, Miles Jack, Eric Rowe. And Miles Jack gets a sack. Eric Rowe with an interception. Um, What what did y'all think about this defense? Brian, we'll start with you.
2: Well, I was bummed that Miles Jack dropped the uh, interception too because that could have been all three guys getting picks that were moved around. Uh, Man, I was so impressed with the way these guys stood up. I was so much less worried when I found out that Patrick Peterson was going to be moving to safety because – we thought this, the three of us actually thought this when he was signed, that he is not going to be a corner for long in Pittsburgh. We can see him be here, extend his career, a la Rod Woodson when Rod went to uh, Baltimore and then you know, subsequently yeah. in uh, San Francisco and then Oakland. So he stayed a lot longer being a safety. I think that fits his game right now. Eric Rowe did a great job as well. I mean, he did get beat once. I get that, but no, for makeshift, when you, when you come into a game and we see this all the time with the Steelers, especially when offensive linemen are down on the other end and we expect, you know, TJ Watt to have 17 sacks in that game and he, and the Steelers get shut out and we're like, they have a four string OT out there and they step up. Well, this is what happened finally for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were beaten and battered. They were on, they lost four safeties, four safeties. And they were able to only give up one touchdown to a team that's been lighting
0: up lately. Yeah. Dave thoughts on the defense. <clears throat> All right. Well, got us some questions for you guys. That first interception Was he trying to throw the ball away and just didn't get out of bounds? Because how in the world is that ball not thrown away? Yeah, I I don't know. So Patrick Peterson, see it the whole way, go get it. Fantastic. The other one, Eric Rowe, great interception, love it. Um, Alex Highsmith dropping into coverage, 20 yards downfield getting an interception. But one thing I will say about Eric Rowe, he does a nice job defending the pass. But if you're talking about tackling and taking the great angles for tackling, even before the touchdown to start the second half, it was already questionable. So that's something that maybe he can he can work on and, and, and strengthen up. This is his first game in a while. So there's room for improvement. But bottom line is, there were times, because I, I got to watch this game with my parents, because my parents are here for Christmas. They came today. It was really nice to have a fun game to watch with my dad. It, it, it was really good. My mom kept saying, Oh no, they're 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 moving the ball, talking about the Bengals. I'm like, with the way this Steelers defense is beat up and that the Bengals offense is still pretty good, it's not like I expected the Steelers to ever just shut them down and not give up any yards. I felt that they came through in the weighty moments and, and did what they had to do because the only touchdown the Bengals had was on the one one big play, which basically almost looked like the George Pickens play, but to the other side. Um, they got the one big play. When it came to where the Steelers w- would give up yards on the drive, I mean, they gave up one other field goal for the rest of the game and made the stops otherwise.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a phenomenal play. Uh, but the weird – there were some of these throws where you – this happened twice against the Steelers in Cincinnati where Browning got hit as he threw or something and the ball fluttered. Remember Jamar Chase came down with him? You're yeah. like, oh my gosh, can they not catch a break? And then they started happening another again one like today. what is going on? <laughs> and so it was good to see the Steelers finally getting some of those. But they, they come away with the football. They needed those, including the including the turnover on Downs. I believe the Steelers had 24 points off of turnovers, I think, if that's accurate, Dave. I know they had seventeen off it? the I think they had counting the turnover on downs. I think they had twenty four points okay. off of off of those, but if you don't give if me you just, just take the...
0: I was gonna say give me just a second and I can tell you because I know they had the seventeen off of the actual off actual the three turnovers. yeah they had they had a field goal. So, they had a, another field goal off the downs because that one was the field goal that they got at the end of the half, which how great was it to see the Steelers get the ball with just over two minutes. And actually, play it right. Now it took a long, crazy pass from Rudolph to, to Pickens to make it work. But that the Steelers didn't botch it and give the ball back to Cincinnati with time to do something. They ran it down and 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 kicked the field goal with on the last play of the half. But yeah, that was the other thing off of off a of down. So if you look at it, including the downs, that's twenty points.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's get some of these super chats here. Tyler W gives us five dollars. Says, can we can we fans give Tomlin credit for once? He coached couch surfers into starters on defense. Also, Watton Highsmith are dogs. We're gonna get to Watton Highsmith, but I think you do have to give Mike Tomlin some credit because he does that. He did get these guys ready. And Miles Jack was owning part owner of ECHL team or something like that, like an East Coast hockey league team. And then he was gonna, I think I heard that he was gonna go into a trade, like an electrician. He was gonna start working construction. Yeah. And so then the Steelers call, and he goes, hey, I'll come in." And he's got to get in shape. I don't know. Ryan O'Toole gives us $5. Maybe Mike Tomlin forgot he could unleash hell at the beginning of December. Sure would be nice to get a couple of those to win, uh, just one of those two win games back. Yeah. But nonetheless, the Steelers find a way. Let's talk a little bit about specifics here. Steelers hold the Bengals to 59 yards rushing. Joe Mixon 11 for 43. Jake Browning had 228, 28 completions on 42 attempts three hundred thirty five yards, eight yard average, one touchdown, three interceptions, three. He has sacked three times uh, rating of 69.0, And the Steelers had eight quarterback hits. In terms of sacks, TJ Watt has got one. He had his 17th of the season. Alex Highsmith gets one. We already mentioned that he had that interception as well. And Miles Jack, he comes up big and makes a big play. Um, anything else you want to say about the
2: defense, Brian? I mean, it's crazy. I they stepped up. You even had a near sack by Isaiah Loudermilk in this game yeah. very early on. They He was were...
0: the one that it, that made that pass flutter and it, they still caught it.
2: Yeah. yeah. They but the whole time I'm looking at Browning and thinking, all right, he's not right. And Mike Tomlin said something that was very interesting on the post-game preference. If you did not get a chance to listen to it, um, go head back and check out Big G and me as we go ahead and break down the, the press conference on Fans First Sports Network, Still Curtain Network. Now, what he said, they asked, Cincinnati's really good with you know, catching the ball out of the backfield. And Tomlin said something, and I don't think this was a slight. It was just him stating fact. He's like, well, maybe that's why Browning, He to a point he said, Maybe that's why Browning's had the success that he's had because those outlet passes to the running backs and those running backs are so good being Joe Mixon and chase Brown catching those balls. And that, that part of the game was kind of eliminated today as well. So he just did not look right. And it's not the fact that you don't look right, that you're having a bad day. No, you're forced into a bad bad day. And this time around, the Pittsburgh Steelers did the forcing. When you're that depleted, you have to find a way to come together, and they came together. Yeah. Dave, anything else about the defense?
0: I mean, they're they're just making, making do. You know? yeah. <laughs> there, there's so much you can do with everything. I mean, and it's so much harder to overcome these injuries in-game. Like, that was the problem last week, losing both safeties in-game. At least this week they had the time to prep for it, and I had the safeties as my X factor for the game. And they come each come up with interceptions, that was pretty cool. Jeff had the offensive line as the X factor, they really came up and and stepped up, especially in the run game in the first half. So that these were things that that kind of played out this way. But the I mean, to for Miles Jack, now he's just got to come into practice this week thinking he's the guy, and they got to see. What they can do, I mean, we don't have anything official on Elaine and Robert yet, unless something's come out while we've been on the show. But it's really hard to continue to say next man up. I mean, so much so that Mike Tomlin hasn't even said it. Um, but just you, you've you've got to be able to do enough. What's so great with this defense today was that they had an offense that could actually that they that could have scored points along with a high-scoring team. So, therefore, the defense, every stop you got was a bonus towards the win, not to, oh, we've got to do this because the offense can't. And that's a whole different way to play the game.
1: The defense, I mean, like you said, they're making something out of nothing, really. Like, that's what it comes down to. And, uh, you know, who knows how long it'll last, but it worked in this game. I do want to talk about the special teams because I thought Presley Harvin had a horrible game. Again, he's, he's got to be
0: on your loser list, Jeff. <laughs> and he's
1: normally, he is. And he's normally good at Accra at Stadium. He's normally good at home. But some of these kicks, I mean, guys, they, are, are they just going to wait until the offseason? Are they just bringing competition again? Like, what's your thoughts, Brian?
2: Yeah, I think it's, uh, the experiment is probably over now. I think this is, what, season three now of Presley Harvin. So I'm thinking what they're going to do is probably you could see them draft a punter um, in the seventh round again, or you might see them make a move like, uh, like the Ravens moved, made a move uh, when they bypassed Calvin Austin, but seem to have their replacement for Sam cook with the guy that they brought in in the fourth round last year. They're they're there's, Teams are starting to put more value on a punter, and I think the Steelers are going to put themselves in the market in some way. Dave, thoughts on the punter?
0: Well, they're not, I don't think they're going to change it this year because no. of the – not because of his punting, but because of his holding.
2: Oh, yeah. That's no, this why, is next that, year. That, that's that's yeah.
0: why nothing happens. I know, and I'm, I assume that's what you meant as well, Brian. But yeah. I know some people are, are wanting to, to talk to him now because, you know, you've got the, the, the kid – um that was what was it San Diego State that was with the Bills and had the accusations and now he's but been sexual her. harassment and race is allegations, it Garza um, or Ariza. Yeah, not not Arisa. Arisa. He's he's completely, but even the civil suit is gone, and he actually part of the agreement he wouldn't counter sue, except he's allowed to sue their lawyer because apparently it was I don't know the ins and outs, but bottom line is is he could. He, he has the opportunity to come back. Some people were calling for him already, maybe in the offseason or something through the draft, any, anything else. I felt like the Steelers actually had a legitimate punting competition last year and Presley Harvin won it. But it's just once again deteriorated over the course of the season. He's a super nice guy. I really wish he would punt well. I want him to punt well so bad. It just didn't, didn't happen for the last several weeks. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. Let's get these super chats here before we forget. Brandon Diaz gives us $1.99. Just tuning in. How about that Mason run? We did mention it. Tough run. Tough run. Tyler W, $2. How did the league let Porter fall to 32? Big day. What's your thoughts
2: on Joey Porter Jr.? Brian, we'll start with you. He gets kind of handsy at times, but I didn't know. You know, you live by the sword. You die by the sword. And there's a lot more living and a lot less dying with number 24, Joey Porter Jr. I love this guy. How did he drop? Well, you know what? We get narratives all the time in that two weeks, one week, everything changes. You have talking heads throwing out who they think looks looks good, who they thinks bad. But those teams make those decisions a long time before that. And believe it or not, they're not listening to any of us the teams aren't tuning in to uh, Andrew Wilbar to see what his grade is. Now we believe in his grade and we love what he does, but they're not calling up Mel Kuyper and said, Hey, when's your latest report coming out? You know? And when these guys drop, we're all, we're all expecting it and we're, we're not expecting it. We're like, wow, he dropped. No, at this point, this is what the Steelers valued at that spot. They realized that they valued the offensive tackle just a little bit more. That's why they traded up to get him. And they knew that there's a possibility that he could last because there's good scouting. Not only, even though Mike Tomlin will say, hey, we don't look at what other teams are doing. We don't look at their draft boards. They know what's going on. They know what other teams are looking at. They know who's in the market for what. That's why teams make trades. That's why Bill Belichick had no problem picking up the phone one because he figured his guy, the corner, was still going to be there. And he figured, hey, I could screw the Jets. I love screwing the Jets. And that's exactly what happened in this situation. Then, when there was no doubt, teams were going after Pittsburgh like crazy. Omar Khan's number was ringing off the hook. And you know why? Because teams said, okay, Joey Porter Jr. is there. Everybody knew it was going to happen. People wanted Pittsburgh to trade that pick. I'm thinking, just take JPJ. And they did, and they knew exactly what they had. They knew as soon as that night ended and that 31st pick was made, they knew that Joey Porter Jr. was going to be their guy the next day. And so that's why he fell, because other teams valued things a little bit more. Dave, thoughts on
0: JPJ? Yeah, you're right about the 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 handsy. I didn't actually see. I thought the hold they called on him that they said was early in the route. I thought was kind of ticky tack. I do feel that that would would be in a normal circumstance a potential pass interference call on fourth down in the end zone, but not after they didn't call the one on Mike Hilton against Calvin Austin on the underthrown ball. They had, the officials that established they were not going to call some you know more of the. They weren't going to call minor contact in that regard. And, and honestly, for the one in the end zone one Porter, he at least contacted the guy but had his head turned you know, back towards the ball um, whenever it was coming in. So I think he's playing playing well. So many times – I mean, the announcers kept pointing out that when were they throwing it to T Higgins when the Steelers were in zone and it wasn't Porter sticking with him. Yep. Um, I think he's a guy that you could al- already get the feeling that he could take – Take the best defender, the best receiver on the other team, if the Steelers are in man-to-man.
1: Yeah, I, I think this is. I think you're right, hundred percent. Let's go. Uh, let's get the super chat here. Steeler D gives us four ninety-nine. Some great news. Chargers are up ten to nothing on the Bills. It's now ten to seven. Bills scored. Yeah. Can it really happen again? Can we get all the losses we need to get back in the playoff spot? We'll see. We'll see. No, how it plays you know out.
0: what's going to happen everyone wants everyone was a lot of steeler fans want the want the browns to continue want, want the browns to start losing but really if the if the steelers want to try to move into that spot joe flacco's got to come through your route tomorrow and beat houston and remember having a count on joe flacco last year in the last weekend uh. season how that turned out so um, there goes my final thoughts <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Well, let's
1: let's go ahead and do that now let's do that you now Brian.
0: Brian, you talk go ahead.
2: All right. You know, this is something that you've never heard before, but fans with the Steelers and they are back. They're still in the bubble right now. Currently, they are number nine. The Bills are number eight, but this is not their game is still being contested. They are down by three points right now, but it's still very early in that game. But Tomorrow, you have to do the unthinkable. And I know what some of you are about to say to me. Some of you are going to say, no, I'm never rooting for Joe Flacco. I'm never rooting for the Cleveland Browns. I'll never do it. Guess what? You have to because the Texans need to lose. Tomorrow, you're rooting for the Falcons because the Colts need to lose. Just like you're rooting for the Chargers right now because the Bills need to lose. If you have to root for a team that you hate because it helps you, then you root for the Cleveland Browns. That's what you've got to do. I know it feels dirty. I know you're not going to be wearing brown and orange. I know you're not going to put it in your Christmas card. I know you're not going to spout off to your friends on Facebook, but deep down you're going to put, you're going to get some eye black and not put it under your eyes. You're going to put it over your eyebrows and have the unibrow because you need Joe
0: Flacco to win tomorrow.
1: Good stuff. Dave, final thoughts.
0: It's so nice to talk about the Steelers in a way that I feel like the fan base can now say, hey, if somehow they squeezed into the postseason, it's not going to be that. Oh, why even care? I, I said it before. I'll continue to say it. All you have to do is get in, and anything can happen. But even if you get in and don't win again this year, which I know there's plenty of people, all, oh, you know how many playoff wins in so many years and all that, and, and you're right, you're you're not incorrect with those numbers. But even if the Steelers get into the playoffs but don't win a game, with so many young players, it will give you valuable experience to 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 move into the next season. So that's another thing to remember for some people, like, oh, why even bother to get in if you're going to lose. There's that, but all this comes down to the Steelers. They still got to take care of their business the rest of the way they really do. And I know that it's that now we can already turn the page towards next week and they got to go to a place where it's, where it's difficult to win on the road Uh, in, in, where, where am I? At? Seattle. Sorry. Yep. In in Seattle. But you got to remember in the first week of the season the Rams put a hurting on Seattle in Seattle. They've dropped some games, um, but a lot of those that were you know, NFC West games. Bottom line is the Steelers have to play well and take care of their own business. So yeah, we can look at how games are, are playing out tomorrow and what could line up the best for the Steelers. I'm just happy that we can do that because this team came out and their offense looked like the most competent offense i'd seen in such a long time and i actually gained my confidence in this team throughout throughout everything i was worried again because the steelers scored a sec- scored their second touchdown to go up 14 to nothing less than a minute into the second quarter they did that last week it said it was 13 to nothing because Boz had miss- missed extra point and that's all they got and it all fell apart from there this week they finished the job so now all they have to do one game at a time, worry about Seattle. Everything else will play out how it plays out. And the biggest thing is is to is to go out, play hard, and be the best team they can be. But more than anything, it's nice to have a good feeling, especially this time of year. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to all of you out there listening, whatever you celebrate, I hope you have a great time. And as I said on Stat Geek, if this is a if this is a rough time of year for you because of various things and loss and whatnot, that that I hope you can still find comfort in some way, whether it's just that the Steelers won or whatever it is um, that 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 you can do. So, um, our my our very best to all of you and yours.
1: Yeah. If you're someone that likes to still listen to all the podcasts, even though the holidays are here tomorrow morning, you'll have a winners and losers podcast much shorter than my normal podcast. And yes, I'll even have let's ride for you on Monday morning. It'll also be a shorter show, but nonetheless, I'll have it there. You can, you can listen to it whenever you want. Brian's bad language will be there on Monday and uh, we'll
2: have the hangover on Tuesday. Right, Brian? Yeah, so we are going to have the fix on that's usually Tuesday at noon. We're gonna have that Monday night if you want to go ahead and check out that show. Um, the hangover will be around it'll go live on YouTube around five o'clock on Tuesday. Then you'll get the Scobro show. But before that, you'll have here we go with Kevin and myself. And so it's gonna be all it, it's gonna be back to normal, but it's going to be mixed up a little bit, but you also have a Mike Tomlin press conference right around one o'clock on Tuesday. So there's going to be so much that you need to learn about, about your black and gold going into week 17. And you get to do it here at Fans First Sport Steel Curtain Network. Did you get that? I think Fans-
0: so, yeah. <laughs> Fans First. Fans First Steel, Steel Curtain, Curtain Network. <laughs> No, and first, there was an he, apostrophe. He took uh, the, possess, the, the possession on it. He, he, put he put did it. Right <laughs> yeah. Got it's that apostrophe S in there. There you go. All
1: right, folks, that does it for us. We'll be back next Saturday, Sunday. They play on Sunday next week, don't they? Finally yeah. another Sunday. Yeah, not one o'clock, because God intended. It's going to be right, New Year's before. Eve. We'll be back next Sunday on New Year's Eve. Take it easy, everyone. We'll see you next time. Go Steelers.
0: Everybody else gets a little tight.